Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1 and it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Oh my Deshay. God. Once again, he will it's put in your thoughts that men like, can't translate their heartfelt the spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities you will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Talk, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. And as always, you know that I am excited about being here with you and being able to discuss the things that will impact our lives now and in the future. We're here seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that your voice can be heard loud and clear and beyond a few blocks. We have to be a part of a movement that is going to make sure that people completely understand what it is we're thinking and the direction we wish our country to go in. We can no longer sit on the sidelines and just feel like our voices are not important, galvanize ourselves, interject ourselves in every conversation and make sure that we're heard. It is time for us to take a stand and not allow people to assume they know who we are and what it is we're thinking. I want to thank all of you who are out there for coming in and supporting the show. I want to also make clear that we're here to make a difference, uh, not just to waste an hour and a half, but we're here to make a difference complete our thoughts related to whatever the subject matter is and take a stand on that particular subject. Cheryl, how are you doing this evening? 
I'm doing great. What about you? I'm doing outstanding. Uh, I sent out a couple of uh, articles the other day that I thought we would discuss. Uh, one was a FBI agent was having himself just a grandiose time. And, you know, we understand that FBI agents are just like anybody else. They want to go out now and enjoy themselves from time to time. Uh, this particular agent really got involved in his dancing to the point that uh, he decided to do a backwards flip. And while he was doing this flip, his gun came out of his holster or his place, and it fell on the floor. And as soon as he realized that it was on the floor, he gained uh, his sense of balance, reached out for the gun, and in the excitement, the gun went off. And it struck someone in the leg. And the reason why I found this story so interesting and I wanted to bring it uh, to everybody today is is because when you, we all are human, and when we make mistakes, Sometimes we have to be brought to an account for that mistake. And I noticed in the story as I was reading it, it said that this man was possibly going to lose his job uh, because he went out and spent an evening dancing and did something that discharged his weapon. We all know that most lawmen, no matter where they are, are required to carry their weapons. And so they have to act disciplined enough while they're carrying their weapons to make sure their weapon is is safely uh, uh, being used or being carried. And so one of the things that I wanted to come back to realize, you know, we don't talk a lot about how unarmed African-American men are being shot and killed in our society. And we constantly are not getting the results that we want from these actions. Well, today I wanted to come and talk to you about why is it in this article the people felt or the writer felt that there were going to be some repercussions because this officer dropped his weapon And in the process of picking it up, it fired and hit someone in the leg. Now, the person that they hit in the leg is going to be uh, okay. He's not going to die. He's not going to be permanently uh, uh, with a limp or anything of that nature. For me, when I look at this and think about the seriousness of what he did, him dancing wasn't an issue, but he chose to do something that allowed his weapon to fall out of his waistband. Then in the process of picking it up, a bullet fired and then hit somebody. And he's going to be held accountable for that. But help me, Cheryl, if he's going to be held accountable for what was clearly a mistake, Nowhere in his mind did he want his weapon to fall out of his waistband. And certainly he didn't want the bullet to hit anybody. So why is it that this man is going to be held accountable, Cheryl, 
for what happened and for the bullet hitting this person, but yet there are people who are on duty who fail to control their weapon, and their weapon ends up killing somebody, but yet they don't have accountability. It just—it is just despicable to me that uh, clearly what was an accident has accountability, but while they're doing their job and decide to to fire their weapon, is not being held accountable. So that's what we want to discuss today, Cheryl. If you all got a chance to read this article, how is it that this man? is certainly going to have to give an account for why his weapon fell out of his waistband, for why his weapon discharged in the middle of a crowd, and why a customer suffered a a flesh wound in his leg. But yet African Americans are dying on a weekly and daily basis versus not being held accountable. Should he be held accountable? Yes. Because one of the words that you mentioned was discipline. And you have to act and carry yourself in a different way, knowing that you are carrying a firearm. You can't do some of the things that you would normally do if you weren't carrying a firearm. Because Things can happen, and in this situation, it is, it was an accident, but it's a costly accident. It's something that you should have thought about, you know, and not saying that he wanted this to happen at all, because I'm pretty sure he didn't. He got caught up, but this is one of those things that I call a costly accident, and there are consequences for this accident that did take um you know, we can't do the same thing if we're carrying a gun opposed to if we're not. And he let himself go just a little bit too far. Um, by no means, you know, when you say accident, this is nothing that he wanted to happen, nothing that he did on purpose, um, none of those other things. Now, when you talk about how... Um, firearms is carried by others and they kill people and the consequences is not as severe where they should be. That's where our justice system fails us. So although they're not being accountable for it, they really should be. And why is it like that? Like I said, our justice system is not always fair. And it does not all, and sometimes it fails us. And many times it fails us. So each thing is case-by-case situation. But in the case of the man that was dead, it's just... Uh, Dee, we find ourselves in a situation where we have to question our leadership. And question why, simply as this dancing and 
his weapon falling out of his his waistband may result in him being fired from the FBI. But yet we are seeing police officers every day not make good decisions related to the lives of the U.S. citizens. And so why can't a what everybody confess to be an accident have consequences, but yet men on their job are doing things that are much dangerous and much more despicable, but yet they're falling short of having any responsibility for it. Well, um, I uh, do agree that uh, there is some accountability to be made for the negligence of uh, maintaining a safe environment for the firearm. Um, you know, we see uh, on Instagram and Facebook uh, police officers trying to be a part of the community and um, actually dancing and making a spectacle of themselves to try to show the students and, and, and the community that uh, we are involved with your likings and things of that sort. But um, when it comes down to um, the lack of accountability and 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 and, and the, the the act of uh, trying to reprimand a person for an accident and and not trying to do so for a blatant uh, act of um, of using the firearm, um, I I I want to ask you a question, and I hadn't seen the article. Uh, was the FBI agent black or white? I just I just like like to know that. Uh, he was he was white. All right. So now that being the case, then um, uh, uh, who, whomever is looking to reprimand the FBI agent um, is clearly um, following following suit of uh, Donald Trump, and, and I don't think it's too far fetched to, to say so. Following suit of him being um, in a uh, ill attitude toward the FBI. Uh, but but again, um, you know, they try to interact with the community and they try to let them know that, you know, we can do that dance too and this and the other. I've, I've seen that a lot. Uh, but to but, but not making sure that the firearm was uh, restrained in a way where it could not become a danger to the surrounding individuals, uh, that was negligence on, on his part. Well, uh, D, he did a backwards flip. Uh, the firearm was fine up until he decided to. Now, I would think that if you were going to go out dancing and you were going to be uh, moving your body and gyrating and doing all those things, that maybe you should have used the ankle holster. Um, but understand the firearm did not go off until he reached down uh, to pick it up when he clearly must have put his finger in the inside the, the trigger guard and pulled the trigger backwards. Uh, had he just reached out and grabbed the firearm without putting the finger inside the trigger guard, the incident might have not happened, but maybe he was just so um, – Excited and wanted to make sure he grabbed that weapon as quickly as he can is what made it discharge. 
So, Cheryl, the point is is that we know that all officers, regardless of where they go, are supposed to carry their weapons in case they have to act as law uh, law enforcement. Because even when they're off duty, they're required to intervene in the situations that are criminal acts by the general public. But we're just saying, in comparison, if you're off duty or on duty and you're required to act in a professional manner, why are we having so many accidents related to African-American men or people of color being gunned down for no apparent reason? And then when these police officers go to a jury trial, the majority of them are released and are unpunished, some of them even getting their jobs back. So why is it that the FBI may very well decide that this man can no longer be on the force uh, for doing something that was clearly an accident, but his brothers in law enforcement are able to do what I would consider the worst thing in the world is take the life of someone under a situation that is not their lives are not in danger. Well, you know, just like um, he put it very well when he mentioned, you know, talking about the FBI agents, um, you're supposed to have control over your firearm and do whatever you have to do to keep the public at safety. Um, it was, like he said, negligent on his part. And, again, I iterate, no, he did not want or intend for any of that to happen. He got a little too caught up, and it became a costly mistake, as I mentioned. And why uh, firearms, you know, those individuals with firearms, again, killing and not having to pay a severe price. And, again, that's, you know, I say it's because of the justice system. It's not fair, and they should have to pay. Um, You know, you're talking about a life. Um, Someone losing a life and you get a slap on the hand or you don't get anything, you know, anything at all doesn't happen. And it's not fair. So in comparison, um, I'm not going to say that the first one is not fair because it is. You know, we do have to pay for our mistakes. And our mistakes is not intentional, but it's something that happens and we have to learn from it. In this case, he should have known better. And because of the lives that we lose in two firearms of cops that are carrying the uh, weapons, that's where it's not fair. It's not fair that a life is being spared and nothing is happening. They're using that same tactic that they feared for their lives. And it's getting a little bit old. So, and like I said, you know, you mentioned it comes from up. And D mentioned it comes from up. And right now, 
they're getting away with a whole lot more. It's just a free for all. And we're paying for it, and we're paying for it with our lives. Uh, Regina, we're talking about today a situation where a law enforcement officer, an FBI agent, was dancing on the dance floor, did a black a backflip. His gun came out of his waistband. When he tried to retrieve it, the gun was discharged and hit one of the patrons. And so today we're just discussing how uh, the article went on to say that this man is going to have to pay a heavy price for losing control of his weapon, having his weapon discharged and accidentally hit a patron. But yet we are constantly dealing with individuals who are on duty, decisions that are taking the lives of people who are unarmed. You know, I am all about supporting police officers and understanding when you're after a bank robber or a home invader or a car thief that you may have to make a choice about who lives or dies. But when you pull over somebody for a lightning out or speeding or you come to someone's house because the music is too loud, those do not fall into the area of violence. And you have to take time and make conscious choices of whether your weapon should be fired when a person's life is on the line. And when a person accidentally does something, certainly they should not be punished more than the officer who does it purposely. Are you there, Regina? I'm here. Um, and I heard everything you said, but I mean, what? What's the question? Well, I'm just is, are you? We've argued many nights on this show about how too many unarmed black men are being killed uh, in senseless deaths because of craziness, traffic tickets loud music, all kind of things, and none of these officers are being held accountable. But yet here I am running um, running over a story or running into a story where a CI agent may very well lose his job because he was dancing on the dance floor and lost control of his weapon. And in the process of picking it up, it discharged and hit somebody accidentally. I find it bizarre that he very well may lose his job, but yet when people do it on purpose, they don't have any loss whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, good evening, good evening. Um, I think that, and this is just, just my thoughts, I... I read the article about the guy whose family received the four cent or the four dollars and I didn't get through the whole the entire article but um I read the first part 
and to be very honest, once I read the first part, I kind of just shook my head and and didn't go any deeper into the article because in the first part of that article, it stated that the man was across the street from a school playing loud music that someone over at the school could hear, and they called the police. And they went over there, door to the garage, let the door down in the garage. And that started a whole cycle of of what happened there. Being a teacher or a school official who stands at the, the, the car rider lane and hear the vulgarity coming out of some of the cars, smell the the reefer or whatever they call it now coming out of the cars knowing that these babies have got to get into these cars and all of this vulgarity goes into their minds all of this drug goes into their minds I, I have I have very little sympathy maybe somebody can share some information that where I can have more empathy but I don't have any sympathy for that situation. The man on the dance floor, yes, he deserves to lose his job. He was very careless, showing off, <laughs> evidently wild dancing, probably something I'd never seen before. He's going to do a backflip on the dance floor. That's as careless as you can get. Now, I'm just talking about these two situations, James. I'm not talking about the other situations that are outright wrong on the program. But these are the two that you were talking about tonight, and that's my opinion on on both of those. Well, it's obvious, uh, and, and Dee, I'm going to go to you. We realize that what we saw in terms of what this man was doing is a cultural thing. I don't think any African-American law enforcement person would publicly do a backflip knowing that he got a gun <laughs> in his face because he's usually a, a too cool when we're trying to dance. So this guy was obviously going out to do all he could to show that he was a great dancer. So, uh, D, it was obvious that this man was trying to go for the gun. didn't realize that his gun was going to be falling out of his waistband. Well, you know, uh, when you said that the man did a backflip, uh, that was a bit much. Uh, you know, uh, first of all, let me say, let me say this. All right. Uh, if, if the man had worked for the sheriff's department, did a backflip, and his gun fell out, he picked the gun up, and the gun shot somebody in the leg. It, <clears throat> had he worked for some county um, sheriff's department, I don't think the, uh, the the reprimand would have been as severe. But being as though he worked for the FBI department. Now, first of all, in him working for the FBI, um, you know, that is the upper echelon of law enforcement. All right. 
Now, if you're an FBI agent and you dance on the dance floor, all right, your heart rate is already up, your adrenaline is already up. If the man do, does a backflip and know he got a loaded firearm in his waist, and after doing all that, you've got to know not to touch that gun because your adrenaline is up, your heart rate is up, and your equilibrium is probably off a little bit. So if you touch that gun, and if it's a a revolver or if it's an automatic with with a, with a gun in, already in the chamber, you know, you got to take your time before you pick that gun up or uh, pick it up in a different way with two fingers or something. All right. But Ben, again, again, being as though that he was an FBI agent as opposed to being uh, of the sheriff's department, yeah, you got to let him go. Because if you don't fire, if you don't take the appropriate action, him being a part of the FBI uh, establishment, and Donald Trump is already out for the FBI, he's going to use that as a distraction going toward the Mueller's investigation. Uh, so, and the FBI knows that. So they, yeah, they had to go uh, full yard to uh, to reprimand this person, get him out of there. So this can't be a distraction. Now, Donald Trump, he's still going to mention it. But he could now, the uh, only thing he can do now is mention it in jest, you know, as as a joke and, 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 and poking, trying to poke fun at the FBI for having somebody so stupid on the force. But had they not fired him, uh, he would have he prolonged that. And and so that would have actually painted uh, the efforts of the Mueller investigation. Thank you. You know, I, I just want to go back a little ways and share some information with you all because what D just brought up is so true. Um, normally, you don't have young people uh, being a part of the FBI because normally young people have to go in the military or they have to go to a local law enforcement. So they're not the kind of people that come right out of high school or, you know, right off the street and then become an FBI agent. And it's amazing to me that I had an opportunity when I got out of college to go and interview for the CIA, and I wanted to work in their computer department. And I just didn't have nobody to come to me and say, look, when you go to this interview, don't answer these questions honestly. You need to answer these questions like you're a bookworm. You know, and I I just came right out of college, and I was sitting there answering these questions and writing down all this information about myself, and they had this information about, are you the kind of person that likes to party? Uh, Do you have a lot of friends? And so on. And, of course, you know, just coming out of college, I played college football. I had a host of friends. And, yeah, I went to all the parties. And, no, I very seldom went in and read a book unless I needed to study for a test. And so, obviously, this person was not doing what they thought or would think that normal FBI agents would be doing during their spare time. You know, and in his spare time, he was going out partying and having a great time, Cheryl, uh, and uh, not going home and doing any studying. So he had a different frame of mind, and no telling how much drinking he had done, and now he finds himself uh, behind the eight ball after working so hard to be a part of the FBI. Well, you know, that's why we always say that um, throughout 
your position, you always should have mental and constant mental evaluation because of the different things that the job entails of. And sometimes when you're going through stress in a job, it brings you to other things, other activities. So that's why, you know, I believe that you should constantly be aware of the mental state um, of the person, you know, that you're hiring. And, you know, we're talking about FBI, one of the top, um, I apologize, y'all. I'm on a 16-hour um, trip coming back from some um, abused children um, that has been abused and I'm bringing them to safety. But, um, yeah, you know, we have a, we have a responsibility that, um, that they have to uphold. And we have to make sure that the people who are representing us, that they are up to part and that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and have the mental mind of that. Yeah, and it's, and it's not like we are trying to single this man out, Regina. Uh, he has an obligation to carry a weapon with him at all times because he never knows are going to be needed. But he then needs to recognize what kind of activities am I going to participate in and how am I going to need to secure my weapon so that I don't lose it or I don't discharge it uh, accidentally. So he truly didn't evaluate what kind of evening he was going to have and whether and did not seek a more secure place to have his gun uh, being held. And uh, I, I maybe the backflip just came before he realized gun was. Regina? Uh, and, and, okay, so, I mean, and, okay. He still he still is respon- I mean he's still responsible for his weapon and, and whoever y- y'all have made some really good points. He's an elder, some of the most um ooh, he must have been excited that he could finally let his hair down and just have a good time and he just lost his mind. They are anytime I work around or, or am and favored to be around political candidates, and they are with their FBI, you know, their security people. (laughs) As good-looking as those men are, and as much as I try to give them an eye, those folks keep looking, their eyes are on whoever they're, they're secure, you know, securing, and they're just the, in my opinion, just the utmost top notch. This man forgot who he was. And he's going to have to pay a heavy price. And you know what? They've got to make an example of him. Because if they don't, then the others will will lose their 
minds also. So they've got to make an example of him. Let me ask you this. You know, we are always on top of things. We are always looking around uh, to find out, uh, you know, the stories or the top stories. As I've been listening and uh, talking to you guys, something popped in my head when you all talked about the professionalism of these FBI agents. And I have to ask, I don't remember seeing any accidental shootings by FBI agents. Now, do you think the media is keeping that away from us or we don't get to hear about the kind of interactions they have with everyday citizens? Or is it that their training is so good that they don't get involved in foolish skirmishes that result in innocent people being killed? You know, that is something to think about when we talk about um, we talk about the training Maybe we need to upgrade the training of these local officers so that they don't have this kind of accident. Well, you know, you're right. Um, And and let me say, uh, before I go go into that, uh, you know, uh, that that situation could have been a lot worse. He could have picked that gun up and shot somebody in the head with it. So... It just so happened that it hit somebody in the leg. But, no, uh, you know, you're right. The FBI is the top of the top. Um, you know, you got your, you got your local law enforcement, then you got the sheriff department, and then in your state you got the Georgia State Patrol, which is you don't have no accidents out of them niggas. And then you got your Florida, Florida Bureau of Investigation, and then you got your federal. And those guys are the top of the top. I mean, they they're they're very uh, astute in uh, forensic science, uh, and so that that goes to my point. You know, that guy, like Miss Regina said, uh, he just wasn't in there. Uh, his mental faculty just wasn't present for his position, and to have a loaded firearm with him in that environment, um, it, it don't make any sense. Like she said, uh, he must been so stressed out on the job that he was just happy to lay to let his hair down, and he was all in on on, on that a- activity. But you know, no, you don't, you don't, you won't hear anything uh, pertaining to them. You know, they're like the the army rangers of of, of law enforcement. Uh, they know their stuff, and um, so, but yes, we can all sit back and say, looking back, that law enforcement and uh, and the persons in charge of local law enforcement around this country need to do a better job. Uh, they need to do a better job of involvement uh, with their departments and with the, with the community. Uh, it is evident that they are, uh, there's a nonchalant attitude about uh, the uh, expertise and training being given to these law enforcement officers, and so um, it's just, it's just, it's real pitiful at this point in time. Um, there's there's some restructuring needed. So uh, going forward, I'm really looking forward to somebody really paying attention well enough to make some uh, advanced um, 
uh, changes uh, for our community. Thanks. Cheryl, that is a interesting comparison uh, to make because uh, we have to to know uh, what it is that is creating uh, this this environment where a lot of people are being killed accidentally. So if it is because they're not being trained properly, then we need to reevaluate the kind of training our local police officers get and maybe bring them to the same level as the FBI so that fewer people are being killed accidentally. Uh, Maybe this good old boy training is not sufficing uh, in order to keep these men from doing some of the things that they do. Hello? Yeah. Cheryl, okay. I hear you. Uh, okay. Yeah, and, and you're right. Training is important, and we've noticed that training is important in a lot of different fields, not just um, the FBI agents, but we see that they're not up to date on training because, I mean, the prime example was Starbucks being training their uh, people. So, and I think Joyce mentions it all the time, you know, how we are not training. There is no on-the-job training no more. You know, I can remember times on certain jobs every so many months you got classes you're taking because there's more training that's involved. But today, I mean, you put right there on the job, very little questionnaire, and you just left out there. So, yeah, and this right here holds a very, very high office. So, yeah, we do need to have very updated training uh, periodically. And we just can't have, you know, whatever training or whatever they had to get the job, it needs to be something continuously so that we can get the best of the, um, the people who are holding these positions. We want to know that our safety, because just like Dee mentioned, suppose somebody got shot in the head. I mean, it's not, well, oh, it's not that, oh, they just got shot in the leg. I wouldn't want to get shot in my leg. I mean, I wouldn't want to get shot in my um, my toe. So to me, it's not the level of the accident, you know, where they got shot at. It's the fact that it was careless. And it sh- nobody should not have gotten shot at all. So definitely, I am definitely for more training. And I think it should be done. Let me just uh, share something else with you guys. Um, you know, I'm, I'm constantly looking for articles and things for us to talk about. And we're constantly, excuse me, We're constantly on this show talking about how we need to interact with police officers. And a lot of times we believe that it's more important for us to get home than to have an argument with police. But I saw a videotape the other day where a police officer stopped this man who had a very unique car, and he was in California, and he 
she was in Hollywood, California. And, uh, you know, a lot of times police officers want to stop people just because they're upset about certain people having certain cars. Uh, like, they don't like the idea of some young guy having a Ferrari or some other specialized sport car, and they can't afford one. And so uh, when I saw this video, this police officer stopped this young man and initially said he, he ran a stop sign. But then the young man told him that he had a video uh, machine uh, in his car and that he could prove that he didn't stop, uh, he didn't, he didn't uh, run a stop sign. Then, after accosting this young man and making him get his driver's license and his passport, he changed the ticket to he was not driving with a valid driver's license and that there were some modifications on his exhaust system. Well, the man allowed the the young man allowed him uh, to give him a ticket, uh, but he was still upset about the ticket. And at the end, the young the man said that he would suggest that he go somewhere and park his vehicle because if he did not park his vehicle, he would uh, he would get it towed away. And he just giving him a, a chance to go wherever he's going. Because uh, he could tow his vehicle right now. And I'm sitting there listening to this and saying, this is crazy. California is a place where people visit. And they come from all over the world and visit. And they get they they rent cars. And they do all the kind of things to have transportation. And here this officer is telling somebody, he don't know how long this man has been in California. And he's telling him because he has a out-of-state license or out-of-country license that he can have his vehicle towed. So this young man uh, obviously uh, was in the entertainment field or whatever, and he drove to the police station to file a complaint. And the person that he was filing the complaint with told him that your car can't be towed we cannot mandate that you have a California driver's license uh, when you have a passport showing that you're out of the country. And this uh, this um, police officer went so far as to accost another one of the guys who was with this young man and give him a ticket. So, you know, we are always in danger of policemen who don't even understand or know the rules. So, D, can you imagine somebody, you know, all over the country, people are driving cars with out-of-state license. We have our own cars that we drive all over the place with out-of-state with out of state license. But this is the second time where I think it was in Georgia that a uh, young lady was driving on 95 coming to Florida and she was stopped and arrested because she didn't have a Georgia license. But clearly she had a passport and all the documents to show that she was from Canada. So why is it we are inundated by these people who don't even seem to, to understand the law 
and always willing uh, to impose their will on the citizens. James, who is that director to? Just G-U-D. Okay. Well, um, first of all, <clears throat> I think it's a good idea. Um, I think it's a great idea for um, for that man. It, it was a good idea for him to have a camera of some sort if he was um, actually truthful about the fact that he had a camera that that can prove his actions at the stop sign. Um, I've, I've said that if there are any projects uh, to be to uh, prove a point in the way of uh, social injustice, I guess I'd be um, blunt and blatant and, and call it that. Social injustice, uh, if there's a class in college for college credit, they would like to do a uh, virtual experiment to uh, to have a, 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 high, a, a modified car or a rented Bentley or rented uh, Bugatti and drive it in um, southeast Georgia somewhere and 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 knowing that you will be stopped uh, to actually film uh, the the interaction of law enforcement, uh, the way they would use um, what posture they would take uh, in pulling you over. Um, and, and then use it in a way where the department head can actually uh, use it in, in, as a training tool in how to go about. Because <laughs> clearly, like Miss Miss um, Cheryl says, uh, there is a blatant uh, disrespect for putting the necessary training forward to. Uh, to be accommodating for the people that actually pay their salaries, uh, they are not—they're not mindful enough. Now, I've—I've uh, I've never had a problem um, with my interaction with law enforcement, but in the nature of the conversation that we're having, just like Miss uh, Miss Regina just said, uh, you know, when it, when uh, the parents pull up to the school. Uh, and uh, they have no respect for the environment that they got. They're getting ready to put the kids in with with smoke, uh, marijuana smoke, uh, just rolling all out the window, and and playing the music with all kind of uh, vulgarity coming out of it. You know, it, it's a two-headed coin that law enforcement and 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 your everyday citizen needs to know how to, to conduct themselves. Again, like I said, I've never had a problem with law enforcement anytime I have an interaction with them. But there are people that just don't know how to conduct themselves. And, you know, you can go down the street in most cases, and there's a car, three cars in front of you, and and there's marijuana odor in the air. And you can tell by the type of the car where it's coming. Or, you know, the style of the car, tenant windows, and, 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 and you, can hear, you can hear the music three cars back, you know, what is it that they're looking for? They're looking to get stopped. So uh, that's my answer to all that. Thank you. Um, Cheryl, let me go to you. You do a lot of traveling. Could you imagine a 
police officer telling you he going to tow your car because you don't have that state's license? And so he knows how long you've been in that state? Or, you know, I have never heard the like that a police officer can tow your car away with a, a simple traffic ticket because you don't have the license of that state. Um, you right. I do, you know, travel a lot, and that would be something detrimental because, you know, like even like today, I'm, you know, I'm alone by myself traveling, and if that came about, is that I'm thinking, you know, what am I gonna do? Um, and that's why it's so important that we do know the law. We do know what our rights are. And um, one of the things that I depend on a lot is my own star so that I can contact immediately. And sometimes, you know, we have to do that to get the information that we need or to get help right away because we don't even have to talk to own star. And if we, if we own it and we wait too long without saying anything, they immediately coming to our rescue for whatever reason it may be. So that way we know that we have help. But it's so important that we do know the law. And don't dismiss the fact that it would not happen because it could happen and it would happen to any of us. So we always have to be on top of, um, you know, the law. And especially in the things that we are doing. You know, it's surprising to me. And, uh, Regina, I'm going to talk to you about it. I mean, when I heard this man decide, you know, he was going to do something that was going to really put this young man out. And I have heard times before, like uh, I had a situation where um, I didn't pay a ticket uh, until two or three days before the deadline, and uh, my license got revoked. And I got pulled over by a police officer, and he seemingly got mad because I happened to have the receipt in my car for paying the ticket. And the only thing he thought he could do was take my driver's license. Now, I don't know why he thought it was okay to take my driver's license, but one of the things he said was, I wouldn't keep riding around here without a driver's license. I'd go straight home if I were you. But you just took my driver's license. So, you know, these people, uh, some of them go about trying to do things to you to inconvenience you. Because I guess what he thought was, well, I'll take his driver's license. Uh, and and then he'll have to go to the DMV to get a driver's license. So that's going to inconvenience him. So they use inconveniences as weapons against the general population. Are you there, Regina? Yes. I mean, yes, they do. They they use they they do that. They they do that. If it's 
if it's a way to, because see, being inconvenienced sometimes stops people from doing wrong. Let me give you an example. (laughs) We voluntarily would hold the children who were too young to walk home or whose parents, you know, picked them up for one reason or another. They were supposed to be walkers, but the parents wanted to pick them up so the children would be hanging around, hanging around. So we put them in the gym and let the parents come up to the door to pick them up. There's no law saying that we have to do that. So parents started taking advantage of that. And when school gets out at 2.30, instead of them being lined up to pick up their children, some parents wouldn't get there to 3 and 3.15. And I said, uh-uh. So we inconvenience the parents. 2.45, we line those children up take them to the cafeteria, which is on the other side of the of the building, and the parents would have to come through the front office, sign in, present their ID, get a visitor's pass to walk through the school, walk down to the cafeteria to get the children, and then walk back out. After that, after about a month of that, we have no more children by 2.40. All children are gone out of that holding area because they, the parents were inconvenienced, something they knew they should not have been doing, leaving those children there 45, 50 to an hour later, just taking advantage of a system that we had in place for their convenience. We had to inconvenience them for them to appreciate it. So if having a license, which you know you're supposed to have, which you know you're not supposed to let it, and I'm not saying, I'm saying this is, this is for me too now. If I know I'm supposed to pay that, that whatever and have my license on me, they inconvenience me by taking my driver's license and I have to go home, I guarantee you that next day I'm going to get a driver's license. Well So everything I'm, I'm, everything just can't be everything everything just can't be wrong. Everything is not this land is laws. There are laws to govern this land. Granted, some people take advantage of them, misuse them, abuse them. But there are laws to govern the land. Well, let me just share this with you. I paid, and when I went to the DMV uh, to find out exactly why they would um, put out a, a cancel my driver's license, I asked them, why would you cancel my driver's license before I, when I paid before the deadline? The purpose of a mm. deadline, you get up until that time. The the explanation they gave me was that they used two different computers, one to do the canceling of your driver's license, Mm -hmm. and the other one to send you the letter telling you what the deadline is. And then I (laughs) I paid too close to the deadline. 
Now, what stupidness is that? Mm-hmm. How can you pay it too mm-hmm. close to the deadline? If you issue a deadline, then that, that is what people use to make sure they govern themselves accordingly. Now, if you say make sure you pay this within uh, before five days before the deadline, then you need to give everybody the information they need to make sure they, they, they don't get a violation. But surely, and James, you know, in that's that stuff. case, that happened again, to you because you have a voice. You have a voice. Did you go and let the folk higher up know the types of inconveniences that that caused because of their their computer system? Well, you're right. I should have written uh, a letter and and shared that with the upper uh, echelon. Uh, mm-hmm. And I have the spirit now that I'll never let that happen again. Uh, but, you know, we have, you know, it was a police officer who chose just to be nasty. He was mad that I had a receipt. Had I not had mm-hmm. that receipt, he probably would have issued me another ticket or took me to jail for driving on an expired license. So he was mm-hmm. just trying to be nasty that night. Yep, you're right. All right, guys, I'm going to take a short break, and we'll come back and allow everyone to have their final say. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to... Let it go. Can't let this thing hold up. Get away from you. Feel free right now. Go do what you want to do. Can't let nobody take it away from you.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.